We're on a journey. We're on a journey. Lord, your word says, your son, Jesus, is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And that is our big hurdle for a lot of people. Can't find God, can't find your spiritual home other than this pathway to God through Jesus. Uh, that's what I want to sing about and or, or uh, speak about, not sing about. I actually was singing about it the other day on the Kiss of Guitar. This message comes from um, people that are in the house on a journey. When I think of a journey, I started to think of this. I started to think about uh, Beth, but Dan, as young people. They're on, young people are on a journey to find who they are, what purpose are they here for? What am I here for? That's, that's one of the big questions young people ask. What am I here for? What's my groove? What's my talent? What's my ability? What is my, what, where is my, we call it pay dirt. Where is my, um, you know, where is my profitability? Where is my life best suited? What should I do? I mean, they, we all ask that. But young people say, what am I here for? Who am I? What's my identity? What purpose do you have? What purpose do I have? But unless we go to God, unless we recognize God, uh, we start to internalize things too much and people look too much. And then I've been hearing songs uh, of late and my daughter was playing me a song by, and I knew this guy's father and the guy's name's Jeff Buckley. And I knew his father who was Tim Buckley, incredible artist. Um, tortured artist, uh, trying to find... For me, he, I liked his father, and he was an extraordinary guitarist, extraordinary artist, singer, Tim Buckley. This guy's in the late 60s. Um, and he died in 75. He died in 75 at the age of 27 or something. But I liked Tim Buckley because I could sense his strain. I could sense his passion for the for the seeking, the searching after truth. Everyone's seeking. I think Aussies now in the world are seeking the truth of the matter. Say truth of the matter. People are seeking the truth. And we have, being in church, we have begun our journey in seeking truth through the faith of God through Jesus, through the gospel. Do you know what I'm saying? And so we've begun this journey and our, our God is our destination. We started from God. God threw us out of heaven. I mean, uh, would you do this with your kids? I don't know. But could you not listen for a minute, Lord? But, but would you, would you cast your kids out of heaven, throw them into a fallen planet where a devil is let loose and causing destruction and the atmosphere is darkened and people running amok, killing and, you know. Would you send your children into a situation like that? I mean, but God, in his wisdom, chooses to do that, hoping and realizing, uh, well, hoping that, that and realizing, because there is predestination, so, but hoping that we will not only land on the planet safely, but then that we will learn 
to recognize him as our creator, as our Lord, and then choose to follow his ways. They call it the narrow path. Broad is the way. Broad is the way. Wide is the gate. But there's this narrow path that God says that is the way unto life. And we start our journey and we wrestle with this even though we get saved. At this point of salvation, we're on a journey and the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, we leave the elementary teachings of Christ. The elementary teachings, baptism, faith, uh, the raising of the dead. Help me, Garth, you're a Bible called What is it? Repentance, uh, repentance from dead works. Six of these things that we... Dead works is seeking, uh, seeking and searching apart from God. So God's there, but no, I'm not going to seek... For my life, I'm not going to seek purpose in my life to, uh, from God. I'm going to seek it away from Him. There must be a way other than God. There must be a way other than God around this place. And that's what a lot of people do. But we're actually a little bit dogmatic and they might say you're narrow-minded because you even aspire to a narrow way. Man, look at this broad way. Man, look at the color. Look at the fun of it. Man, look, we're out here. Look at, you're on your broad, your little narrow road. You know, uh, your little narrow road. You know, how, how, how limited is that? How, you know, this is life out here, man. Check us out. This is the broad way. But the Bible says the broad way eventually leads to destruction. But actually on the narrow way, You've got to be careful because life is a paradox in the kingdom. Things are not up as you suppose. They're down. His ways are not your ways. His plans are not your plans. His thoughts are not your thoughts. It's completely reversal. Somehow staying on this narrow road allows you to be blessed. And that's what I want to talk about. I was getting back to Tim Buckley. And I do like Tim Buckley, and I do sort of, although I only just heard of him for the first time, Jeff Buckley, the son. Uh, I like Coldplay because I hear their search too. I hear them searching. I like Muslims because, because I see them searching. I like Buddhists. Not that I would, but... I like them in the sense I like them rather than someone who's just not interested in seeking and searching. They're just living life like a blockhead on planet Earth. See a yearning, a searching, an anguish, a hunger for truth, a way, a life that eludes the best of them. You too, you probably heard the song and it went like, uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for. You remember that? Yeah, still haven't found what I'm looking for. And, and in fact, the pearl of great price, which I've only realized by, by studying, and this is what I want to teach a little later, even the pearl of great price is alluding to the fact that that person knows the pearl, knows God, it's a parable, it knows God, it knows the pearl, but it's still searching. And it's an expert too, it knows when it's found the pearl. Now that's not it, that's not it, 
That's not it. That's not it. Read that book. That's not it. Here, that's, that's not it. That re- not, that's not it. But it knows and it's willing to sell the whole shebang to get that, that one perfect stance, position in God. Thank you, Jesus. And Julie and I are very much like that. We are still searching. We're on a search. We're on a pilgrimage. Say pilgrimage. Oh, Let me just give you a couple of scriptures, okay? When you're propositioning your friends and when you're propositioning yourself to continue the journey, because the worst thing you can do is get saved and just stop there. Life is so much more than being stopped in the comfort zone of your life. Life is about sheer adventure. I like that documentary I was watching the other day. The guys in the, in the, they, they jump off mountains with the base jumpers, but they've got this suit on. They're like now, what are they called? Wingsuits. And now it's not enough to glide out in the, you know, once they've jumped and they're out. Now it's not good enough to do that. They've got to skim the side of the cliff with a camera with a guy with a camera filming them and miss the cliff by six inches. At least 200 kilometers an hour. Thank you for that. Yeah, 200 kilometers an hour with a wingsuit. How many feet up would they be? Look, thousand feet, thousand feet off the ground. Man, that's what Christianity is. Seeing how close you can get to God. Get your wingsuit on, guys. We're going to go on for a little journey. Let me take you through a couple of things. The key thing you've got to understand when you're trying to bring someone around to this journey is that in Romans 12.1, Romans 12.1, it says this. And, the, and again, this message comes from uh, the anguish, the yearning I see in people, even young people, even people that are from overseas. I've been speaking to um, Nasser, who's from I- Iran, and I've been sitting with him He's been sharing me about his journey. And he came from Iran and landed here, there, and then in Thailand, then New Zealand, and then in Australia. And I'm, and he still probably hasn't found what he's looking for. I'm looking at Dan. You're from England. You came here. You thought maybe this was it. This is, this is, this is it. Uh, man, I'm going to land at Sydney airport. I'm going to be greeted and escorted into the, the most fantastic, purposes and plans of God, and uh, it's all going to be great, but somehow it eludes us. I'm looking at the Zimbabwean uh, family here. I'm seeing you guys. I don't know how you got here. I haven't heard your story, but you're here, and you still probably haven't found what you're looking for. Then I'm looking at you Christians, and you still probably haven't found what you're looking for. Then I'm looking at young people, and I'm I'm seeing in you too that you haven't found what you're looking for. But then when you play Coldplay and Jeff Buckley and, uh, you know, we used to listen to Jimi Hendrix, you know, Purple Haze, which the right title was Jesus Saves. Purple Haze, excuse me while I kiss the sky. And uh, the real title of that song was Jesus Saves because there was a Jesus movement back in the late 60s. And even Jimi Hendrix, if you look at some of his poetry, just before he died, he was, he was starting to get the, the revelation, Jesus is Lord. I've read, and David Bowie, I was listening to a David Bowie song, a heathen album, 19, uh, yeah, 2000, 2001, which was one of his bigger 
uh, breakthrough albums. He went through a real, uh, just ordinary period. Then he got revelation about, yes, do we believe or don't we believe? And he sings a song uh, with, with words that say, I don't see the footprints in the sand. And if you are for me, if your heart is towards me, show yourself and I will be your slave. That's what the song's called, I will be your slave. That's what Bowie's singing in this intellectual, philosophical way. He's actually reaching out. And that all this spurred me on to think that people are searching. And then someone played the Jeff Buckley. And yeah, I'm listening and I'm not being gratified by it anymore because I can, I can hear the torturedness of the searching. I can feel it's the tortured artist trying to work out his art but his purpose in life. He's trying to work out his existence other than looking at God. And if you keep doing that, the Bible has a lot to say about it. So let's let's take a look at that. So now you know the context of what I'm trying to say. Romans 12 verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. So we really got to give our whole life to God to do this. You can't look at God. You can't say, I'll check this God stuff out and give mental ascension to him. You can't say to God, I'll check you out, but look, I don't want to accept uh, you in my heart. I don't want to give you my heart. It just won't work. It just won't work. Uh, And so this gives us an amazing clue. It says you've got to become a, a living sacrifice. You've got to put yourself on the altar and literally give your whole life to God. You've got to allow Jesus to die for you, for you, uh, in, in replacement of you. You've got to allow Jesus into your heart, and you've got to allow Jesus to flow from your life. That's what, that's what salvation is. Did you know that? I hope you realize that. Sorry to, um, to, to bring you to some sort of uh, maybe other sort of uh, reality, but the thing was that when we said, will you give your life to Jesus, it was saying, would you let Jesus die for you? Would you let that 2,000 years ago most cosmic powerful event that's ever happened on the planet or in the universe, would you let that death of Christ on the cross, would you let that pay a price for your sin? But then would you let him take your place on the cross that your sin deserved? Would you let him pay that price for you? And then would you let him come into your heart? But then would you let him flow from your life? That's what Christianity is. And so, does that help someone right there? And so, geez, a lot to say. And so the Bible says in verse 2, again, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, and only then, when your mind starts to contemplate or become, um, it starts to have revelation of who God is and what God is, and what he's on about, it's only then in the renewing of your mind then you can even contemplate, it says here, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now this is the most, um, and I've been, you've heard me quote this scripture over the last few weeks, have I not? And if we were to understand, now listen to me, if we were to understand that scripture in its entirety, it would be amazing. I was looking at the Bible program on the webpage and then I somehow stumbled on, 
the hundred best scriptures, the hundred top, the, not the top forty uh, hits uh, of music, but I found the top one hundred scriptures, and I love that. And I've been going through them. Number one, what's number one? John three sixteen. You got it. What's number two? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Jeremiah 29. What's number three? And I just found this fascinating. And um, you want to know number three. Number three is eight, uh, Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I've got a hundred of these. But as I'm reading them, and I'm, I'm walking, I've got thousands of books of the most revelatory, powerful teachers of the whole planet in Bible, but this hundred best of scriptures, I just can't get my head out. I'm going, wow, this number 11. Yeah. Are you excited? <laughs> number 11, Ephesians 2, 8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. That is not for yourselves. It is the gift of God, which is part of my sermon, which is part of my sermon. What's number 50? I thought Mark was going to ask me what's 60. Oh, Julie's coming up to 50. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. What 60? Mark, he can't help it. He's asking me. I, no, I can hear him. I'm sure he... Uh, Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all we ask or imagine according to his power that is worked within us. See, his power is in us. It's like a dynamo, man. It's like a... It just so wants to rock for God. A hundred just only got in. It was, jeez, 40 after Greg. 40 for Greg. Okay, 40 for Greg. Greg? Hebrews 11.1, buddy. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. All right? that I'd take that, man. I'd take that straight home. Put it on the, in the, what do they call it? The trophy room, the pool room? Take it straight to the pool room, mate. Did I say 60? You want 100. Just got in. Just got in this one. John chapter 13, 35. 35. So by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) And the point is, as I'm reading that, my mind started to become renewed. I wasn't looking like that, but I'm trying to be... I'm trying to get into the drama class for Monday afternoon. Um, my mind became renewed out of the doldrums, out of the darkness, out of the perplexity, perplexity, no, no. No? Perspective, no, no, no. When you're confused. Perplexed. Garth got one in before Phil Cairns. First time ever. First time in seven years, eight years. Nine years. Took nine years to, to, to beat this old dog. He's always been just straight there. But um, as I'm reading these scriptures, my mind was becoming renewed. And I began to see God. And what we're actually asking unsaved people to do when they come to church, we're asking, would you let your mind become renewed? Would you entertain coming out of being conformed by what the world says 
And would you, would you even contemplate looking at God? Now, if they don't, you got, you got some troubles because it says here, Ephesians 2.8 says this, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Faith is something of your spirit. Yeah, that's great. It's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not for yourselves. It is the gift of God. Faith is a gift. Faith is a gift that gets triggered in your spirit and the spirit of your mind to even believe. So you got to believe, but faith is a gift. It's a gift of God. It says there, it's not because of your extraterrestrial powers. It's not because of your, you know, savvy. It's not because of your intelligence or your, your so-called wonderful mind. It's about your spirit. Here it is here. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. So, if your spirit is devoid of faith, because it's your spirit that recognizes God. But if you, if you, if you allow your spirit to say, No, we're not t- touching that faith stuff. I don't believe God. I'm not looking to Him. The soul will serve me well. I'm on a search. I'm seeking God. I want to sing about it. I want to, I want to, want to journey with it. That, that's my disposition. In me, in me is the answers. So the first thing you need is faith. The second thing you need is your spirit to recognize who God is. You need to recognize it all begins with God. It says in Colossians 1.16 in the Message Bible, which is a very funny interpretation of the Bible, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in Him and finds its purpose in Him. Set your hearts on a pilgrimage, Psalm 84 verse 5. Set your heart on a journey. Rick Warren says in his purpose-driven book, the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you are placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by His purpose and for His purpose. The search for the purpose of life has puzzled people for thousands of years. That's because we typically begin at the wrong starting point, ourselves. We ask self-centered questions like, what do I want to do? What should I do with my life? What are my goals, my ambitions, my dreams for my future? But focusing on ourselves will never reveal our life's purpose. The Bible says, and it says it in Job 12 verse 10, Job 12 verse 10, it says, it is God who directs the lives of his creatures Everyone's life in his, in his power. I see a cry from humanity. I see a cry even from you people. I see a cry even from our people from overseas. They still haven't found what they're looking for. Romans 8, 6 says this, says this, uh, the mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Uh, this is a better version uh, in the message again. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into the spacious, free life. I love that. 
And I've got to, I've got to nail this part. I, I just, I know my time's gone, but I just need to nail this part. Matthew 7.13 says this. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. If you look at this scripture in um, Proverbs, I think it is, uh, it's in verse chapter 4, verse 14. And I love this. The world scorns it. They say our narrow road is too narrow. We have a much better way, a way of color, life, truth, and success. But it leads to a dismal conclusion, especially through rock stars who seemingly saying, one minute, look at me, I found a way, a truth, a life. But alas, they become confused, jaded, cynical, and even throw their life away. When mankind walked away from the light and the truth of God, they began deceiving themselves and walked into the darkness of their own shadow. That is, having the light of God behind them, they walked in the darkness created by their own being. As they walked farther away from the light, their darkness grew even greater. Then as a greater numbers of fallen humanity walked away from the light, the path became darker until darkness covered the earth and gross darkness, the people's desire, 60 verse 12, verse 2. Proverbs 4, verse 14, Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it, do not travel on it, turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot sleep till they do evil. They are robbed of slumber till they make someone fall. They eat the bread of the wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Now hang on, there is another path in amongst this, this broad way and it's here in verse uh, 18. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the light, uh, till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is the deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. People stumble. These rock stars stumbled into death. Hendrix stumbled. Tim Buckley stumbled. Jeff Buckley went for a swim one night, sing, singing a Led Zeppelin song with his mate in the wee hours in the San Francisco Bay singing a wonderful gifted artist, phenomenal guitarist, a wonderful artistic, gifted but tortured artist, wanders out into the drink, singing a song of something, and, and of course just loses his life like that. It's so easy when you're off the, off the narrow road, off into the broad way, it's so easy to stumble, as the proverb says there, they stumble and they fall. It's a bit like this, that the scripture there was alluding to, when we face God, the light, it illuminates us, it gives us truth, and there's light, we're walking in the light, it must be the narrow way to walk in this light. When we turn away from the light of God and say, God, you're good, no drama there, but this Broadway, it looks fantastic, it looks fantastic, but seemingly Wisdom, history, the Bible, God tells us that Broadway, when we turn our back on God, the shadow that develops, if you could see a light behind me, the shadow that, there it is there. There's the shadow straight in front of me. But as Luke, come on, you're going to turn your back on God for a minute, buddy. Sorry, I know you're the worship leader of C3 Tugger. Could you stand beside? There's another shadow 
Um, hey, Jazz, can you, can you just do this with us, buddy? I know you don't want to turn your back on God, but would you just come alongside us? There's more shadow. And the Bible says in Isaiah, is it chapter 60, verse 2, that darkness covers the earth. But seemingly, I don't know if you can see it, guys, but there's a slither of light through there. And seemingly, when all your mates have turned their back on God, when the world, your community, your workmates, whatever it is, have turned and there's darkness and they're stumbling, they can't see, they can't see, they stumble. But seemingly, when you're in this place, and we live on a real planet where there is darkness, seemingly, when you turn, the light, the narrow road is right there. But you've got to turn you got to face the light and you got to walk. Now, this happened to me for Julie. Julie and I got married. We had a 100 guests at our wedding. When we got saved, we literally lost 95 of our friends back in Sydney when we got saved. 95 of our friends. And this is what it was like. I see God. I see the light. I'm walking in the light. I'm being illuminated by the light. I'm being healed by the light. I'm being anointed by the light. I can see the light. (laughs) And so I begin to walk the narrow path. This is the broad path around me. But the narrow path is straight in the middle of this broad path. And I begin to walk. Sorry, guys. I can see your appeal in your eyes. You want me to do life with you. and and uh, But I'm... How about you follow me anyway? Then you guys can turn around, actually. You can... And and now they begin... Come on. Yeah. And now we begin to follow God. Yeah, we begin to follow God. Not religiously, by the way. I didn't sign in for that sort of stuff. I, I signed in for adventure. Where's the sky suits? You were talking about sky suits. I want one of those. And, and what can you do? You, 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 you are an artist. You're going you're gonna to sing. You're going to play. And you're going to sing about God. You're not going to seek about some uh, romantic um, notion of being lost in the world but found somehow by your own cunningness, by your own... No, you're going to sing about the, the, the absolute truth of God. You're not going to sing about moral relativity. You're not going to sing about a philosophical thing. You're going to sing about Jesus Christ. You're going to sing about the way, the truth, the life. You're going to sing about God. Otherwise, you could do it the other way. You could sing a Jeff Buckley song and say, Oh, woe is me. Oh, look at me. I mean, I value those guys. I value Coldplay. Don't get me wrong. I still listen to Jimi Hendrix this day. But I value the search and their heart. I love their heart. You guys are right. I love these people. I love the world. Don't get me wrong. I love your unsafe friends. They're on a seeking, searching pilgrimage. But I have set my heart on a pilgrimage. I have not arrived either. I am also singing the U2 song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But I am on the right track. You are on the right track. We are on the right track. Guys, set your, set your direction, set your course for the Son, the Son of God. We're going back to Him. That's where we come from. We're going back to Him for the revelation of why we're here on this planet. We're going back to Him, not to some other philosophical view on life. We're going back to Jesus. And Hillsong United and all those great guys that are singing the truth, I tip my hat off to them. 
because they could be singing some wafty philosophical notion about their search, but they have, Joel Houston has consecrated himself and he said, this is the way, this is the truth, this is the life, my Jesus, he is the way, He, there is no other way, he is the truth, there is no other truth, he is the life, there is no other life, Jesus Christ. And if people think that's narrow-minded and bigoted, I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. Let's all stand, God bless you. But look, right in the middle of the darkened path, we find another path going in the opposite direction. The path is as a shining light which gets brighter and brighter until it becomes as bright as the perfect day. In amongst all this hustle and bustle and darkness, there is a way right in the middle of it all, a narrow road, right in the middle of the broad way, but going in the opposite direction. Without question, the wisdom of God is foolishness to the wise of this world. And this simplicity confounds the mighty. All that the wicked would need to do is begin walking in the light and so in, and turn around and change their direction. To walk this path to eternal life requires that we be prepared to go contrary to the general stream of humanity. Everything we encounter along the way tries to dissuade us from com- from completing this journey. However, nothing can keep us from reaching the goal set before us except ourselves. Job 28 verse 7 says, No bird of prey, no bird of prey knows that hidden path. No falcon's eye has seen it. Proud beasts do not set their foot on it and no lion prowls there, meaning the living can't see it. No living person can see the path, but it's there. Path revealed, a path, a narrow path, a way to life. Father, we stand before you and say, God, help us continue our journey. Help us continue our journey. Let's sing this song just for a bit. eh?